Hello, and welcome back to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Keith. And if you are a fan of the podcast, then you need to join me inside my manifestation club called the Inner Tribe. The Inner Tribe is located inside the Manifest It Now app, and it is where we meet every single week and do live manifestation calls. We bring in guest experts two times a month. So every other week, you get a guest expert that is helping you grow and expand your mindset and manifest your best life. You can ask them questions. We have a community of high vibe women that you can network with and you get access to the entire app. So all of the courses, the book club, and I create custom workbooks for you filled with journal prompts, custom subliminals, meditations, the whole nine yards. So if you like manifestation, if you like the podcast, then this is definitely for you. So I will link it in the show notes below. And it's time to invest in something that is going to help you manifest the best year ever. So get in there as soon as possible. We've got a lot of really fun things planned for the rest of this year. Now let's dive into the show. Welcome back to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. Uh, Today, I have a guest that was actually uh, doing a live workshop in the Inner Tribe, and you can can find that workshop there. Her name is Judith Junkie. She's a limitless lifestyle coach and global shift business mentor. Judith, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for that amazing, energetic introduction. And I love the session that we were doing together. It was just it was highly energetic. <laughs> it was. It was a very deep session. And I really want to dive into that. I've been dying to talk to you. And I know we had to reschedule the podcast um, because of the hurricane. But I'm like, I have to tell Judith what happened because it was pretty significant. So we'll get into that. But before we do, do you want to just give everyone a little bit of background on your story and kind of how you got into all of these incredible things that you're working on now? Definitely, definitely. Um, It's actually a nice time because I'm kind of, you know, sometimes it makes sense to revisit your whole life and the story and how you got to where you got. Um, I've just recently been through a phase of just looking at it from another perspective again. So just to give everyone a little bit of a background, what I'm doing today is being that coach that you described. So I'm working with people on the inner deep transformation while we're working on the business creation to align it as much as possible to purpose and the inner power to make it as easy and flowing as possible. And that's what I call in the global shift, the new world business way, you know, away from the old paradigms of hustling and all the old economy vibes and all of that. So that is basically what I'm doing today with people through various methodologies. And one of them is breath work, where we're going to be diving deep into a bit in a second. But I didn't do that all my life. So I've been for a decade in the corporate world. So back after high school, I went down the just classic thing. I studied international business and management. I've even spent a year in the US. So I'm in, in from Germany originally. I live most of the time in Germany. I started traveling around Portugal and being there this year for a good two to three months already. So, but I've seen other parts of the world as well. I used to be an au pair 20 years ago in the US. Oh, <laughs> before wow. I studied. Yeah. So I didn't I'm, know that about you. Where, where in Germany that. are you from? I, I don't think I asked you that before. Uh, I live in Dusseldorf, which is like in the center west, so to say. Okay. My dad grew up in Bad Kissingen. I don't know if you, you're familiar yeah, with that's that more south. That's a bit okay. more south. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. So I've always had this connection for global stuff and, you know, connecting to other people, other cultures and all of this. And then, but I didn't know what to do with my life pretty much after high school. And so what you do, you start to study business, economics, like, you know, these kind of thing where everyone says like, you know, you, you go down that road, you'll find something. It'll be the safe way. And then I hit that career in corporate. I went into marketing and then to sales and more into key accounts. So it's a lot of sales negotiation stuff in the B2B world. I was in consumer goods for that decade and I went up all the career ladders. So I went all the KPI tracking, taking boxes way, including a burnout and everything that you stereotype wise might think of in that career, achieving a lot, lots of happy moments, but also really lots of moments of inner void and all of these questions, you know, what am I doing here? Why isn't that fulfilling? What else would I be doing? What kind of other options do I have? And I couldn't find answers to all of that for such a long time. And also it got me frustrated seeing how my body was suffering, not only in the burnout, but 
I had constant things going on. Something was unwell all the time. Never really dramatically, but I didn't really feel healthy completely all the time. So that took me on that journey, which in the end brought me to coaching, you know, asking all these questions, what makes me tick? Why do I feel a certain way? Why do I think a certain way? Is that connected? What makes me act a certain way? How can I influence something when I feel trapped, overwhelmed, you know, powerless, all of these things. And then I went down the rabbit hole <laughs> at least three times, I think. And basically where I'm at now with the qualifications, I love the neuroscience and understanding the science of emotions, how our brain works. So I'm certified as an emotion coach, which is pretty much based on that science. Then I'm certified as a positive psychology coach because that kicks in the other part, you know, like why psychology wise, what do we need? How do we interact with our thoughts and emotions and all of that? How does that influence how we act? And then I come from the spiritual side as well. I'm also a certified energy healer. So I do a lot of the energetics works, which then connects back into the quantum work. And that connects also to what you do with the law of attraction and all the other universal laws that we have that we know of. And that for me is more the new world versus the old world, the old economy world. And where I connect is the person, the being, us, the energetic thing, the soul that we are, bringing that to the core in the light, however you want to call that, but then connecting it to business. Like the new way we do business, the new way the economy is going to be in and all that global transformation. And the breathwork that you mentioned. And I think we're going to also be talking a little bit about the new Web3 and the crypto world, because that is for me, it's both elements. You know, the breathwork for me is symbolic for who we are and how we work and, you know, how we can support ourselves best. And then all the Web3 and the crypto space is a huge chunk for me of how we're going to run business in the future more and more. And so this is all combined in what I'm talking about, what I'm doing. And basically my own path has brought me there. And to close this off, you know, I truly believe, and that's why I'm so passionate about, about purpose, that all the adversity that we experience in some point of our life is the guidance to our greatest gift, which is our strength. Mm -hmm. And that's like a medal, has always two sides, right? Yeah. And the biggest adversity that I've experienced, and I've forgotten traumatized as I was for more than 30 years, but I'd experienced sexual abuse for several years when I was a very little kid. And then I tried to tell, but nobody believed me. So that completely threw me off track and got me hugely traumatized, but I forgot. And then, you know, when you look backwards, you understand and you learn that to me, when I remembered and worked through all of it to get through was a huge relief because ultimately then I could understand why I could have couldn't find answers before and why I had felt so different all the time and so disconnected. And so for me, it is just everything is happening for you as it's supposed to happen through you. And within all that you experience is your purpose, why you're here, what you're supposed to learn and also what you're supposed to give to the world. And if you combine that together in a business that is aligned to all of that, to me is the perfect fit in creating a life that feels limitless, that feels light, that feels all aligned. And so this is basically how I got to all of the things. <laughs> oh, so beautifully said. And I get so energized hearing from people like you that have this corporate experience. I came from corporate America too, but found a way to improve it, to go into this new era where we can use energetics in the quantum realm, but also making smart strategic decisions and kind of combining the two. And I think that's so powerful. And when you had mentioned um, the trauma that you experienced and overcoming that, a question I get all the time, especially from coaching clients, is like, how, what do you recommend for dealing with that? Is, is breath work kind of your go-to tool or what do you recommend for someone who had a really traumatic childhood, is aware of it, they're already aware of it, um, but they can't seem to let it go? What, what would the first step be? Um, so if awareness is already there, means the mindset part is already activated and in ref self-reflection, which is epic. So this is always where I start with, but that is, if that's already good, sort of, then I would always recommend to have a mix of things that release the emotional stress around it and the subconscious part and breath work can support this definitely. 
but I would additionally recommend to start dealing with your own emotions, understand a bit more how you can take off stress from that emotion that is triggering you. And usually when we're traumatized by things that were super scary for us and overwhelming, we tend to have a lot of stress on either um, anger, where we have not learned to express it in a healthy way, and also in in um, grieving. Mm-hmm. Grieving is for me the most powerful emotion that you can give space to in order to feel better and in order to release. Yeah, I've, I myself, I've cried so, 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 so much. And I'm sure people who are listening here, maybe you already know the experience of how powerful that is. So if somebody has really been traumatized by whatever happened, and that is super individual, um, I would invite that person to connect to emotions and specifically to everything where you feel grief because it allows, grieving allows us to take away the pain from something that we lost as a perceived loss. That's the basic, the core function, why we can feel grief and sadness. And that to me is the most powerful switch you can use to allow that and give space and try always to be in the observation mode, observe yourself and also what happens in your body and that you can support with breathing as well. So there's several um, ways to do that. But in general, to come back to your question, yes, it is very supportive on the emotional release level. But also if you do it guided, like the way I teach it, it opens up your like a door to subconscious. And that is where you get to reframe belief system and identity. And that is usually what got shaken when we're traumatized, we lose the part of our identity, the core, because we think something else is the truth mm-hmm. because we were so traumatized. It was so overwhelming emotionally. That's why that's what a trauma is by definition, an emotional state that was so overwhelming to us that we just froze or we took flight or whatever we did, but or we locked it out. But because it's connected to the trigger is emotional overwhelm. And that's why it makes sense to also reconnect to releasing the emotional stress that we're holding on in our body and breathing definitely supports on both levels. I think we can be so unaware of the fact that we're holding on to that emotional stress too. I think as a society, we've just become so comfortable with being uncomfortable that we don't even realize that there's all of this stored trauma. And I loved in the workshop. So when you were talking about grief, it really clicked with me in the workshop because I was raised in a family where it, you don't just cry openly. Like, you know, I've never in my life seen my dad cry or my brother cry. And my mom, like if she was ever crying, she would go lock herself in the bathroom. And it was kind of like this thing you do and you hide it and you don't share that with the world. And so I always grew up associating it with like, it's weakness or it's bad or it's shameful. And when you were explaining how necessary it is, because if you don't allow that, which as a society, I feel like we, we still don't, we try to numb our feelings so much and just skim over that part, but then you're holding on to the pain and that gets stored, you know, from what I've heard in the body and -hmm. breath work is a great way to release it. And what's so interesting about that is, so I've never liked breath work. I didn't, I don't know if I told you that before, but the past experience. So I haven't had a lot of experience with it, but I did a breath work. Um, a woman named Catherine Zinkina had like a breath work in her course that I tried and I just didn't like it. It was very uncomfortable. And I, I don't know, I just didn't enjoy it at all. Like I really, I was like, this is just not for me. So I was a little like, I don't know if I'm going to like this when, when you did it, but I, it was, it was very impactful. And I think it was the way that you guided the session. I think that's really important having someone, um, that can guide in like such a nurturing way. And so the grief thing actually came up for me that I didn't even know I was holding on to. And so it's, you know, we're getting into this like deep breathing and meditation. And you were talking about this beautiful beach and I'm, I'm there, like I'm on this beach. You know, I I was so deep into it that it felt like I was actually standing on this beach 
And all of a sudden I look up and I see my dog that had passed away and she came like running towards me. And I was like, gypsy, her name was gypsy. I was like, what are you doing here? And, and right. As I said that you were talking about how we might be visited by like a spirit guide or someone that's going to be there with us through this process and kind of hold our hand. And right. As I see my dog, you say it could even be a spirit animal. And Mm -hmm. I just started like bawling and like all these tears just came out. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I really, you know, connecting with you? And it was like, so it was, I've never experienced anything like this outside of a dream. Like it was like, I was there. It was like virtual reality. Like I'm on this beach and I'm holding my dog and I could feel her licking my face and I could feel myself holding her. And so just to back it up, like when she, back when she got sick, we found out she had a tumor in her stomach and the, the veterinarian said she's in a ton of pain and the best thing to do would be to euthanize her. And I was very conflicted about that. And at the end of the day, like she did get really bad and we did end up doing euthanasia. And I've always had guilt that I've held on to, like, should I have waited? Should I not have done that? Did I do the right thing? Did I let her down? And, and some people might be hearing this thinking, come on, it's a dog, but like, this was like my baby. This was my first baby before my real babies. And she was part of the family. And I just never got over that. And during this breath work, not only did I let out all of this grief that I never, I never let it out. Like I never allowed myself that grieving process, but I also felt like I was really connecting with her in the spirit world. And like, she was letting me know that she's okay. And that everything's fine. Like I, it was just a crystal clear message and I can't really describe it other than, you know, if you're intuitive, like when you know, you know, and I know that that was divine, you know, a divine sign that she is okay. And she was letting me know that and like letting me know that I could release this. So I had like the deepest cry, but like smiling and laughter all at the same time and love. And it was all of these emotions all at once. And it felt so good, which I wasn't expecting. Like it just felt like the weight of the world washed off of me that I didn't even know I was holding on to. And then Uh, a little bit later into the breath work, you were saying how you might see like different colors or things like that. And I did, I saw like very like vibrant, like purples and blues. And I didn't experience that ever before in any other type of breath work or anything. And I know it was a long session. And by the time we got done, I was like, I was just kind of in shock. And you were asking everyone how their experience was. And I was just like, amazing. Like I couldn't find the words, so I didn't say anything, but then I've been thinking about it ever since. And I'm like, I need to tell you that story because it was remarkable. And I was telling my husband about it and he was like, Oh my gosh, like, why didn't you tell me sooner? He's like, like he, cause he's held on to that as well too, with our dog. And so it was just the most beautiful experience. And I'm like tearing up thinking about it. And I wanted to share that with everyone because if they're like me and had an experience with breath work that maybe wasn't great. I suggest either watching that replay or contacting you or contacting someone who, who knows how to guide you through and hold your hand, so to speak through this process, because that was incredibly healing for me. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that. Not only does it make my heart jump, but it's valuable for everyone listening to understand what kind of an experience is possible. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so glad because that exactly is the magic that it's supposed to do when we're doing it in a way that we open this door to subconscious and what you just described that, you know, really meeting and seeing your dog. That is, that is when we connected to source. That is because it's there all the time and especially animals. I mean, that one was a a real one, not only a spirit animal in the broader sense, but they can come back that way with messages for us and support us. Mm -hmm. So basically there's a whole support system out there all the time. And the more we allow to connect back inside, the more we can hear and see and sense these things that then end up just as you say, when you know, you know. Right. You can't logically explain it every time, but it's not necessary because, you know, 
Well, it's interesting um, because after this breathwork session, I started reading Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Have I you read that? that? I it's, love I have it on the audio. <laughs> he's amazing. And I feel like I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I feel like that was me making logic of what was happening because he was saying like through this breath work, how you're actually pushing your spinal fluid, like up your spine to your pineal gland, which then activates your third eye and connects you with the energetic realm. And you can have these experiences with the energetic realm that you, you can't consciously have. And I was like, wow, like I read that and I thought, I think I did. I think I opened that doorway. And because I'm telling you, like, this wasn't just a typical visualization or dream or anything. It's like, I was there with my dog on the speech and I can't, I mean, I know it, it could sound unbelievable saying it out loud, but it was so real. And it was so like, like it really happened. And so when he kind of talks about like, that is the connection point where you're then actually connecting with the energetic realm. That was confirmation for me that, yeah, this was all real. <laughs> Amazing. And I love the connection to Joe Dispenza because he has to me such a unique way in explaining exactly these things. I love yes. how he explains it because then it makes even more sense to what well, I always feel I know kind of without right. needing to explain it. But when I listen to how he then explains it back, sort of, it just yep. makes even more sense because he has this unique way of putting the signs into a perspective so everyone can understand, mm -hmm. at least somebody who is a bit on that path. And there's one other thing I would love to add to what you said about not feeling very uncomfortable when you started doing breath work for the very first time, because mm -hmm. I had a similar experience and it may not always mean you're with the wrong person. I mean, obviously it can, but that is with everything, you know, whenever you're working with a coach, you just got to find the connection and see if it works. But there's one other element that I feel accounts for breath work as well, because when we're not used to it, when we, cause usually we're not used to it, right? We're like you say, we're numbing out a bit in society overall. Um, and when we start this conscious breath again, we may have resistance as a first response of our body and our system. So when I did that the very first time, that was probably a year and a half or two years ago, when I was on a retreat online with someone and she's completely certified and everything and she was guiding it well, still, I had such a hard time connecting to the rhythm she was guiding through and especially if it got a bit faster, everything inside of me was hugely resisting it it's like, I can't do it. I can't breathe that way. I can't go that fast. I can't, I can't, I can't. I was completely blocking it. And I really had to, again, it's like, no, you're going to do that. No, you're going to try again. Okay, stop, try again. And then at the end, I got into it like last five minutes probably. And it was also like a 40, 45 minute session. But I felt so energized and so had such a positive experience at the very end, even though it was such a struggle beforehand. I was like, okay, I got to find a way to do that more often in a different way, maybe, and then figure out how it works for me. And that is how I started. So it might be a normal reaction when you do it for the very first time that your system resists the full in-breath because mm -hmm. it also is connected to taking up your space. You yeah. know, when you fully in-breathe, it means you are taking space. Yes. And if that's a topic, and for me, it was a topic, definitely, because then, you know, it goes down the rabbit hole all the way to self-worth, self-love, you know, am I allowed to, and all that kind of story. And that was definitely part of my story. So I know why I had the resistance. So it's it might be a natural response of your system. And I always invite people to understand whenever you have an impulse to go for something and you completely hit with resistance as the next impulse, it's the right thing to do. It's exactly yes. what you need next. That's so true. I feel like just with anything, what we're resisting, we kind of need to look at because there's something deeper there. But I did like how you, you really prepared us for that though. And you gave us an option for taking that quick breath if we needed it. And I don't know, I, I think it just made me feel like very much like I can do this. And I don't know. I didn't feel that before. And I just, I really enjoyed it. It was just not at all what I was expecting. And I mean, 
I just wanted to share that with people because it's like, give it another try. It's if you could have an experience like that, it's so worth trying it a few times, even if it is uncomfortable. And yeah, thank um, you for sharing. I love that story. Really, it was that experience is really it's a it's such a such a great example to showcase. Wow, that is possible. And the improvement of how you felt and, you know, like you said, that kind of rock weight off of your shoulders. Mm-hmm. That is what it's supposed to support you with. Because in the yeah. end, again, like with your example, it was connected to an emotion, mm-hmm. right? And as we know, emotions and thoughts are connected. So if we can let go of the stress and the tension, the pressure that we're holding around an emotion, not only physically, but it also lets go of the thought pattern that is connected. So if we do all of this work, no matter if it's through breath work or other techniques to release the emotional stress, it also supports us in shifting our mind and to create a shift in our mindset and that then enables us to move faster in the direction that we want to go. It enables us to see clearer what we want. It enables us to step more fully into our strength because, you know, I always tell people it's like a metal, you know, your strength. And one side of the metal is where it's shining and where you're in your power in that strength. And if it's not 100% available to you, the other like maybe 20% is the backside of the metal. And this is still where your pain is. Mm -hmm. This is still where adversity is trying to teach you something yeah. and the more you go here on the backside where still the pain is or the discomfort or the resistance and you look at it every time you set free more of the strengths that can come to the other side so that kind of like a it's loading up to 100% you know mm-hmm. so there's another 5% adding up here and the more space it gives you to just be you and be in flow and be on the easier side of life yes Yes, that's that's so spot on the way you said it. Like I, I've really been on that wavelength for a while now, where I've just decided a couple years ago that I I just want things to be easy. I just don't want to make anything harder than it needs to be. And I think so much of that is releasing and letting go. And it's like I I get the question all the time, like, but how, you know? And especially when something traumatic has happened, because it's like, well, how do you forgive someone for something so terrible and how do you let it go? And that's kind of the beauty of breath work is it's just like, you're, you're releasing it out of your body. Like you're letting it go for you, not for anyone else, but for you, that's just kind of the way I looked at it. And it was very therapeutic. I absolutely loved it. It is. And that's why I love, I combine it when I work with people well, no matter if it's one-on-one or in August, I just had a quick group program, just a one month thing mm-hmm. where we tapped into different levels. So I did with people on it, emotional release techniques, just mm-hmm. quick ones. Then I did like a mini self-coaching training that they could use, which mm-hmm. is a mix of the mind and the emotional part. They got the breathwork part to go deeper. And we did also, cause you know, when we're holding it on in our bodies physically, breath is one very good option. But the other one also is, you know, trauma released through either you will know that maybe shaking or even stretches while you hold your breath. It's it's a connection of all of these levels to really let go of things that are in your body and then combine it to the action where you want to go. Right. Usually people come then with their businesses just in lots of people in your space. Right. They're trying to build a business or just start it or trying to scale it. And usually when you hit that next block, then it is just the next thing that invites you to go and it's easier to grow and to move through these quantum leaps mm-hmm. once you tap through all of the levels you know you just don't always not only do the mindset work or you only go into the emotional space that is of course helpful but it's faster and easier the more you tap through all of the layers and then you know it's just and, and it enables you to be in a more I'd say more comfortable space in the discomfort, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I love that you really take it on from all angles. You know, we're talking about breath work and and the emotions and everything that comes up, but then you're also helping women build businesses and you're, you're knowledgeable about crypto and what did you call it? Web three? Like, I don't even know about that. And I want to hear more. I'm very curious. And I've actually been curious about 
learning more about this, but it's, I, I haven't resonated with anyone that has, is talking about it. So I was so excited to see that you have knowledge about this. So let's like shift gears a little bit. Cause I, I want to dive into this. I want to just learn the basics. So what could you tell someone that's kind of new to this world of crypto and all these different things and someone who's running a business? Um, what are just like the key things to know to get started? Um, that is, thanks for asking like that. Cause I just put exactly the answers to all of that questions into a beginner online course. So oh, we're going to wow. have to link okay, somewhere. <laughs> somebody just hits up my website on my Instagram profile. If you're interested in that, you'll find all the details for sure. Um, it's exactly this, but overall, what I always say when people ask, they'll say like, oh, I heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. And I can't really connect to what, what is it good for. Mm -hmm. The first thing to say for me is that to understand why it's different. So web three, just to give a brief outlook on that compared to web two, which then makes sense that we have web two, if we're now talking about web three is the difference in the technology. So web two is called what we know today as the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, when you open up a browser, the technology that is behind where all the websites are built on the apps that we know today, all the, I don't know, the Amazons and everything on the world, mm -hmm. what you access online, that is called web two including social media. So the revolution, so to say, in Web2 was having social media so everyone could be more in the creator space and in exchange information mm -hmm. and share their own content versus the one before was, you know, when we started the emails and maybe there was this, um, what was it called? The AOL messenger thingy. The, oh, oh, yeah. You know, like 20 years ago. <laughs> the chat so rooms. That, yeah, exactly. So that was a start. You could just basically look something up or connect through a chat. And then Web 2 is what we have today, including the social media aspect and the apps. And Web 3 is everything that is based on that new blockchain technology. And that makes it different. The technology itself, because it's set up in a different way, enables a different way to set up things in there to really make it very simple. So you can look at the term of blockchain. It's not the blockchain, but it's rather a blockchain technology. Mm -hmm. And through this technology, you build networks. So for example, usually people know Bitcoin as a currency, mm -hmm. and you've probably heard about Ethereum, uh -huh. right? Yep. So Ethereum is a blockchain network and Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency that is program coded, so to say, on that blockchain technology okay. and on the blockchain network Ethereum, if you want. And it's like you have different networks. That is, if you even take out the word blockchain, it's just like in former times, you have a network here and a network there. Mm -hmm. And just now that it's called blockchain network because the technology is a different one. And you okay. can imagine it just like the infrastructure of the internet today, just on a different technology. Mm -hmm. And on that technological platforms, these networks, you build again, the, the apps or the websites or the NFTs, you know, everything, product, mm -hmm. services, use cases, whatever it is, you just build it on that new ecosystem, the okay. new infrastructure, just to get the idea around it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and if you understand that this is the major difference and that it's, that's why everyone's like this virtual reality and the metaverse and, you know, all these buzzwords that keep popping around. That is all in there or on there. Um, okay. Right? So you open a door and you enter just a new, like a new level in a video game, you could say. Right. And then within you have A, these worlds like the metaverse. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even exist right now. It's a fun part. You know, they did such an epic um, run on the marketing that everyone thinks the metaverse does exist and people connected to Facebook and meta, how they rebranded the whole um corporation right right but tech-based it doesn't exist yet oh, okay okay there is a couple of virtual worlds what it stands for is virtual worlds mm -hmm. where you create things in so that is one part in web3 if you'd say if you say it's a house then one room in web3 is virtual worlds where you today already can have virtual shops or virtual community platform or whatever you know these these things that you may have heard of um that is one area another room is the finance part that is called DeFi. that is decentralized finance and that is where all the cryptocurrency stuff is and the trading and basically that is the revolution 
of what we know from today's world in the stock markets or if you invest in something in gold or in silver or you know whatever assets or commodities it is so that is that is basically the up level of the revolution, so to say, within that space, based on the other technology where you can just like in our old world, either earn through trading, you know, you buy something at one price and you when the price rises, you sell and you have a profit, just mm-hmm. simply sad. Or the other end of the story is like, you know, the good old banking system where you put money and you hope for interest rates mm-hmm. and then profit from interest rates. And that is basically what you can do there with currencies as well. There's different kinds of services and products that would be a bit too deep to just go in now. I'll explain all that in the course as, uh, as well. Okay. But just to understand that is you can earn money through trading. You can earn money through interest rates, so to say. There's various options. Um, and then you have the space of the NFTs. That is all maybe you've seen these colorful, funky, cartoony looking kind of things. Yep. Um, that is also just just in vertical commas another technology built in that ecosystem, but that one for me is one that holds a lot of potential. Mm, not only one way to look at it because a lot of art people, you know, musicians or classic art people mm-hmm. are in there because it gives them a new um, sales path, so to say. So you could buy an NFT for the sake of collecting it, like you could, would collect a piece of art. Mm-hmm. sculpture or picture or something and just hope for or you know bet on it that it increases in value over time as an asset mm-hmm. so that is just like the basic thing but what is way more exciting to me is that the technology behind it and the way that you can use it allows you also to use nfts and add other properties and characteristics to them that for example you could say if you buy this nft you not only have the piece of art, but also you have like an entry ticket to an event or a community or an additional thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many other opportunities on how to build. Mm -hmm. So what I'm planning, but probably that will launch only next year, build a community based platform, you know, like you have on your app right now, which I already love because that is something just cool to do. Um, And the next step, just technology wise, could be to create something, a space like that within there and connect it to the currencies, which then connect to the NFTs. So you can build an ecosystem where not only you can um, create community and connect people and give them value, but also have yourself earn on certain transactions, additional money. So it, it holds a huge opportunity to create passive income streams and what I always say again it's never rich overnight because it doesn't exist right but it's you know start and creating and building and then after time you will have set it up and being more profitable and also raising an absolute value but that is just the opportunity that I see and it's why I'm so excited about this whole space and why it's so close to my heart to include more people and as you said at the beginning You know, when I started learning about this whole space, I started about a year, year and a half ago, and I found it hugely overwhelming because you have such a long list of new vocabulary and just words and terminology was like, I have no freaking idea what that is. You know, I had to Google so many things and you get a million different explanations. And also I figured there is a couple of women, but it's very male dominated. Mm -hmm. Depends on where you look. There are some core creators female ones as well, especially if you guys are interested in that, you can search TikTok. I found TikTok a very good source um, for that space. You just type in the search bar in the hashtags, either Web3 or NFTs or crypto or whatever it is, and you'll find creators, also lots of women. Okay. But if you look on the other channels, there's a lot of men. And then I haven't found anyone that is connecting it to personal development yet in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's so this is like an opportunity to get in on something before it's blown up, before it becomes this big thing. You know, this reminds me so much of when I was in college, that was when Wi-Fi was like, I don't know if it was being developed, but it wasn't like a thing yet. You know, we all were still plugging in to like a wire um, network. And I remember we had to do like this group project on Wi-Fi. 
And the only people that knew anything about it were like the computer nerds, like in the class that were like so into it. And I had the hardest time wrapping my mind around it. And I, I just remember thinking like, it's going to be decades before something like this, like takes off. And it amazed me how quickly the whole world shifted to Wi-Fi. And now none of us even think about it. It's just a part of our everyday life. Everyone uses it. Everyone knows about it. And this is like the next stage of that. And I didn't even know about web three. I mean, I thought this whole world was all about the finance side of things like Bitcoin. I had no idea about this web three, but I have heard that all of the, all of those types of things that you're explaining, that's like the next big revolution. That's the next thing that's going to completely transform our lives. And just like Wi-Fi, it'll probably happen rapidly where we go from knowing nothing about it to everyone is using it. And it just becomes a a part of everyday life. And it just fascinates me because I would love to come back to this episode in a few years and be like, oh my gosh, like Judith knew about this before, you know, anyone else was talking about it. It's, It's just, it's very interesting. And it's also, I think it can be a little scary for people because, you know, they don't understand it and there is so much to learn. So I think that's really great that you offer a course to go over the basics. Cause I feel like you kind of do have to understand the terminology before you can move forward with anything else. Just so you know what you're talking about. Definitely. And there's one other aspect I would love to mention because the, what I figured, um, another thing beyond just the technology or maybe the new terminology, what people are scared about, and there's some truth about it. Cause when you look at the media and fact-based, it is true for some parts, as the space is still a bit new, um, it's if you look at the finance part of it, it is volatile. Not mm-hmm. everything into it, but when you look at the world economy, everything kind of right now is you know crashing here, crashing uh-huh. there, then right. blowing up, and you know everything is moving. So the mass media—that's my personal opinion—is a bit too negative on it for my perspective. Mm-hmm. But I still want to say yes, there is movement. It's not like you know. I don't know, 30 years ago, you went to your bank and they said 10% interest rate fixed for the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, it's not right. going to be like that. Right. But if you look at the classic stock exchange today, it's not like that either. Mm-hmm. So you have to know that when you enter it, you still enter in a space that where you need to run and go with the flow a bit. Mm-hmm. It's not that you say, oh, I'm, I'm going to put one thing in and that's the safe thing for the next 15 years or something. Right. Right. So that is not the mentality. We need the mentality of what, what we see in the world everywhere, which is, and to me that also connects back to spiritual um, perspectives as everything is in flow. We all energy. We're never supposed to stop at a status quo. Mm-hmm. And if you can approach and apply this mindset to this space as well, it's easier and it's less frightening maybe or less scary if you know that's a normal thing that everything is moving and you just got to get used a little bit to the dynamics in there and then it's easier to navigate and the other point is and that is for me a true risk as well that highly connects to the virtual world you know that metaverse spaces yeah Mm, because the risk is and we we know all that i mean especially we're talking coaching here and we're talking personal growth and development that has to do with being conscious and and being aware and all of that and being mindful and what can happen. That's the risk of people who enter that space that are not aware and that use it or think that they can use it as kind of compensation or healing or the solution for their problems, which apparently it is not just like video gaming is not porn is not alcohol is not, you know, all of these things. And that is an op- another opportunity where I see bringing more coaches in there mm-hmm. that teach because those that will be entering first or that already have entered as it comes from the gaming area and then arts and musicians and all of that. Um, I'm not saying everyone, but a huge share of these people that are more the digital natives in that space, but they have no connection or little connection yet to personal growth and development, thus to mental health. Yeah. and emotional health and well-being and all of that and um, we need to find a way once this space becomes more part of our everyday reality just as, as you said like the wi-fi you know when it becomes normal but we have to understand how we can handle it in a healthy way and how we can handle ourselves inside in a healthy way and that why for everyone in coaching no matter which specialty or which area right 
that for me is a huge opportunity to create these kinds of contents in there. So it's not only about consumption because the luxury brands go in there, you know, mm. even the, what's it called? Like these, oh, it's a luxury brand and jewelry, forgot the name, global, globally known, I don't know, super expensive, but they did a collaboration with a huge community in the NFT space there. Even they, they have a very conservative classic audience, usually in the mm. offline world. Mm -hmm. But they went into that space wow. to acquire new audiences, right? And they launched NFTs and that was really one of the most expensive launches. I think one of the NFTs they launched, it was only 250 items, which is a very small unit. Mm -hmm. And each of them was at 50K. Oh, wow. And they combined it with you own that NFT, so the digital thing, and you got an individualized um, piece of their jewelry art. Wow. Okay. So, and you know, so even traditional brands go yeah. into that space that usually in the offline world would never connect with that type of audience. Well, that's um, smart of them. Cause I think they see totally. this is the future and, you know, just like with the internet, if you didn't evolve, you, you don't exist today, you know? And so totally. they're learning to evolve with it. And I'm glad we're talking about this because my audience is mostly women. We talk a lot about building wealth and abundance. But I feel like with women, especially there is a lot of limiting beliefs that can come up. So for me, a limiting belief that held me back for a long time was that I don't know how to manage money. I don't know anything about the mm -hmm. stock market. I don't know anything about investing. And so one day I just thought like, this is the most ridiculous excuse ever. I'm going to learn. And I did, I, I set the intention that I'm going to learn about investing. And I did. And, and this is another scenario of this where, like we said, there's a lot of gamers. There's a lot of men in this. I think this is a great opportunity for women to get their feet wet and at least learn about it and potentially get in on it in the beginning because that's going to be the next thing. And, and those that are the early adopters tend to get, you know, um, far ahead and, and just get to evolve their business in such a unique way that not everyone's doing yet. So it's really interesting that you brought it up. And I think for anyone listening that is like me and probably like, wow, this sounds like a lot. This sounds maybe a little confusing, a little intimidating, have that intention like I had with investing. Like, I just want to learn more about it. I don't want to be confused with this. I want to know what's happening. I want to know when a brand like that goes into this and does a launch like that. And um, I think this is a really big opportunity for everyone listening to kind of get involved in understanding it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing. And these limiting beliefs, they, they are just true. I think money globally is the most limiting belief obsessed thing that people have. Absolutely. You know, me, after, you know, I, ducked, I had to dig deep into this for myself. You know, I come from an upbringing where money was rather scarce than there. Mm -hmm. And so the focus was always on just getting by, yeah. you know, and I, when I started with my own business, I found myself and I didn't understand in the beginning, you know, I couldn't grow beyond always just getting by. Mm -hmm. until I understood the pattern. I'm like, okay, right. shit, <laughs> I got to let go of that. You know, just yeah. as you say, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous reason to not grow beyond a certain level. Mm -hmm. And then when I dug deeper, even I found something, you know, like we can hold on to beliefs that are not even our own that come through our parents or grandparents or whoever, you know, we were influenced by. And I even found one that really shocked me when I became aware of it, but it explained so much. I had a deep rooted belief unconsciously that a lot of money would break me. Mm. So I had an inner, like a, like a lid on something, you know, it's like, okay, up to here, you can go, it's safe, but beyond it's too much. It's going to break you. Mm. Wow. It is just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, when you lift these lids off and you just clear out, mm -hmm. it gets so much easier. And then we're back to what you said, that pineal gland, you connect to source, you connect to the quantum field. And that's also where you can just call it all in. And then when you can set intention to new areas like the Web3 or in general to say like, oh, money is just part of me and it can come through whichever source it wants. And, you know, you, you broaden your awareness into all of these areas. It gets easier and easier. I'll have to have you back on in like a year or so when this does become just, 
you know, an everyday thing, which I think it will happen a lot quicker than we realize. And we'll have to catch up on how far it's gone and how many things have changed. Um, I want to link your course and everything in the show notes for people, but where else can they connect with you and, and find everything that you're offering? Um, the best thing would be either to be on Instagram or Facebook in the bio. I have linked like a stand store thing. There's all uh -huh. the links there's, you can apply to work one-on-one -on -one with me. And I'm just, that will be launching in like four weeks, probably another next group program. And that will combine all these worlds that will have elements of the web three to just learn and start into. It will have all the business parts, you know, how to set it up when you, or how to pivot to have it more aligned to your purpose and all the personal development parts. You know, if you, if you want that whole thing, once you already have one foot in entrepreneurship, maybe the other still somewhere, a couple of hours employed or you're already full in, but you want to have it in an easier way, more aligned way. So that is basically what it's targeted at. New world and visionary entrepreneurs. But you find all of that and also lots of free things in the stand link and podcasts linked, other interviews where I was on talking about all these things. Yeah, on um, meditation. So and I don't fascinated. know, a whole bunch. <laughs> I feel oh, like we could talk all day about this. So it's like, I, I really am glad that you brought all this up. I think it's, it's very exciting and, um, yeah, I would love to continue the conversation. And like I said, we, we have to have a future episode because it'll yeah, just be absolutely. so interesting to come back and see how much has changed over time. Um, but Judah, thank you so much for coming on and thank you again for doing that amazing breathwork session in the inner tribe. I really appreciate it. And, um, I'll have you on again sometime soon, sometime in the near future. Oh, I love that because the space and everything is just evolving. And when we catch up in a year, maybe, or I don't know, 10 months, it'll be just epic to, to see and look back. And yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for giving that opportunity and also to connecting to you in a tribe. That was just such a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see everyone next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys want more in between these podcast episodes, you can subscribe to my Apple podcast, Manifested It. You can find that in Apple Podcasts and it has all of my bonus interviews, guided visualizations, subliminals, meditations, all that good stuff. Or you can download the Manifest It Now app where I put everything, all of my interviews, tools, everything I've used to manifest a life I don't need a vacation from. You can find that wherever you get your apps in Google Play or the Apple App Store. And you can join the Inner Tribe Manifesting Community, which is inside the app as well. If you want to up level with a group of women who are there to support you, cheer you on, give you guidance, and up level your vibe as well. I love connecting with you guys and putting a face to all the listeners out there. So come connect with me over on Instagram and let's start a conversation. Have a great week and I'll see you back here next time.